0: Welcome to Between Two Barrels podcast, live from Legend Studios. Between Two Barrels is a weekly podcast highlighting some of the legends across the state of Tennessee. From Dolly Parton to the elusive Tennessee wild man, from our head distiller to our legendary products and employees, this podcast will discuss spirits of all kinds here at Tennessee Legend Distillery, from country stars and cryptids to everything in between. We will talk about the life in a Tennessee distillery. Right, and greetings, all you legends, and welcome to another episode of Between Two Barrels. If things sound a little bit different this time, it's because I'm taking the lead on this episode and giving Opie a chance to come in on the backside. our commentator. There we go. So guys, um, we actually want to go ahead and start off by once again mentioning, you know, as always, don't forget to visit Tennessee Legend Online. Mm-hmm. Uh, TennesseeLegend.com where you can find all of the Tennessee Legend Distillery locations as well as their different social media platforms because we do have individual pages on social media, specifically Facebook and uh, multiple Instagram Mm -hmm. uh, pages. Uh, So make sure that you go to those individual ones. If you haven't already, go ahead and give each one of those a like. And eventually we hope to be able to get everything consolidated like we are with Legend Studios and being able to get those multiple podcasts and platforms all condensed and unified down to a singular platform uh, that you can access uh, all of the other ones through that, yes. that main portal. Um, and then also, don't forget, um, we definitely enjoy any and all kind of feedback, um, positive, negative thoughts, questions, ideas, Answers to questions, stories, stories, all kinds of stuff. And that is going to be to the tldtube23 at gmail.com. So make sure that you get any and all of those types of questions or anything like that sent over to that email. Mm -hmm. So, Opie, we are going to go ahead and do a little recap at this point. Uh, As you know, last week we talked about the storms and everything Mm -hmm. else so big
1: episode it's a big episode we talked about storm season uh popping up in the southeast this is our time where we get a lot of our worst storms a lot of power outages a lot of trees down and lines down so be safe out there especially if you're you know hiking and camping in this area Um, I, i equated it to madison the other day that storm season for us Starting in August, September, October. Storm season for us is very equated to a heat of summer in, like, beach towns. Storm can come out of nowhere, pop up, and then it'll be sunny and 90 again 25, 30 minutes later. So that's kind of how it is here in storm season. So be safe out there. Um, uh, there's still a lot of trees being taken care of on a lot of back roads and power lines and stuff like that. Still from from the last from the time we talked about the tornado touchdowns Uh, we also talked about the history and the ever-changing definition of the word spirit
0: that was very fun it Uh, was
1: fun it was fun i actually learned a lot doing the research for it and
0: funny enough i wound up finding myself at home yesterday evening Mm -hmm. i mean i hopefully wouldn't find myself anywhere else (laughs) most of the time in the evenings. Um, But I was watching an episode of Modern Marvels, and the episode was on distillation and the history of distillation and stuff like that. Uh, And, of course, the the spirits Mm -hmm. being brought up because, like we said, they thought that they were harvesting the the life force, the essence of the grains. Mm. And that's what was used or that's what was harnessed and harvested and, and kept in the bottles. And something that I didn't know um, that mm-hmm. was very fun and interesting that I did learn off that and a uh, uh, listening audience may find interesting as well is that at one point in time, they were drinking more alcohol <laughs> than water. Oh, no. Because, because the distilled spirits, that, that distilled grain, that alcohol... Wouldn't breed bacteria mm-hmm. or anything like that. So, as people are on a homestead or traveling, anything like that, to be able to stay hydrated, they were drinking alcohol. Now, don't get me wrong, it wasn't as refined to as high of a proof yeah. of alcohol as what we deal with today in yeah. that aspect. Um, but yeah, they were doing, drinking a lot of alcohol. And also pouring the alcohol into their water supplies to be able to keep from bacteria and stuff like that growing in the water supply um, and and George Washington at Mount Vernon mm. had eight or more copper pot stills and distilled
1: wheat whiskey the first person in the United States mm. was a distiller yep wow, we'd need more distillers in our presidency. <laughs> yes, and it
0: was a situation to where he actually invited people, not necessarily mandated, but yeah. strongly encouraged and invited people to distill, not just you know the grains and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but just the water and stuff in general, just so it could remove the impurities and wow. made people more self-sufficient instead of having to depend on... Even yeah, he was trying to get people to not depend on the government at that point in time. I know.
1: Like, the, what I love about Washington is is literally every warning he gave us as he was leaving his presidency, we ignored every every word single he one said. of them. Just ignored them. Like a year later, we're just like, yeah, yeah, let's we do it our way. You know. uh, we also talked about the elusive wild man, the Tennessee wild man, aka Sasquatch for this these parts. Yep. Uh, had a lot of info about that uh, talked about a sighting you had an experience you had mm-hmm. uh, and we also have the contest of course yes that again we initiated if you did not catch that on that
0: episode if you do want to go catch that episode, not only is it available through the different podcast platforms podbean, Spotify, Google, etc uh, you can actually go on to YouTube mm-hmm. and be able to find that as well
1: Legend Studios on YouTube
0: yep Make sure you go give that a check out. Uh, but the contest was for the first person that shares their Sasquatch, mm-hmm. Yeti, Yahweh, Wild Man story. We are going to hook you up with a TLD Wild Man swag pack, including the t shirt that has the glow in the dark eyes, like I said, though not red. As the wild man is purported to be, the eyes on there do glow in the dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to be getting some other decals, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But yeah, we're going to be giving away a TLD Wildman prize pack or swag pack, if you will. So make sure to go ahead, get over there, get on to uh, TLDtube23 at gmail.com
1: and send us your story. Send us your, your squatch story. Uh, going squatching. Going squatching. So, any stories from the work week?
0: Yeah, actually, um, this is going to become a routine part of the Between Two Barrels podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, We are going to be doing some recollections, some stories, different experiences that we had throughout the week. And for those of you that may not know, we had Smoky Mountain Fan Fest... We did. This last weekend, which is a smaller version of, of course, the Knoxville Fanboy mm-hmm. Expo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and both of those, if you don't know, are comic Comic-Con. book conventions yes, or comic con type conventions. Um, and this is one that has definitely grown in popularity for just what would be the Smoky Mountain region, inviting people from, uh, as we learned, all over the country, mm-hmm. predominantly the southeast, but yeah. all over the country. Uh, and not as many people as what would be the, the Knoxville Fanboy yeah. Uh, but still has a very, very large and popular following Mm -hmm. of of its own. And just like with any kind of con uh, of that nature, uh, there will be celebrities, voice Mm -hmm. actors, cosplayers, uh, actors, actresses, uh, present, past, all kinds of people uh, wind up showing up to these things. Uh, Some of the bigger names, I guess, from this one, uh, Smoky Mountain Fan Fest would be folks like Casper Van Dean yes. uh, that you would recognize from Starship Troopers mm. or Van Helsing mm-hmm. or not Van Helsing but Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow, Hollow. Yeah. Sleepy Hollow I, I uh, keep he, saying Van Helsing but he it's Sleepy Hollow he recently
1: did a movie with uh, Scream Queen Devony Penn that called Flood or the Flood and it's about a crocodile it's kind of like you know it's a creature feature oh nice uh, always love those especially the
0: the reptilian ones uh-huh. uh Lake Placid,
1: probably one of my favorites as far as that. Um, And we actually, the girl who played Alice in Twilight, this was her first time on the East Coast.
0: Oh, wow. First time she ever been over here. So I'd like to see what she thought. Yeah, I'd like to to see what her thoughts on on the East Coast and the Smoky Mountains would be. Uh, But uh, we actually had an opportunity to meet and talk with several of the attendees, not only people just coming in for the show, but some of the people that were invited to be at the show. Mm -hmm. uh, Cosplayers, comic Mm. book writers, Mm -hmm. illustrators. Uh, There was a gentleman that also created a life-size Oppa figure over there that people could actually climb up onto the back of, get photos and stuff like that. Um, And they all came over and hung out at different points in time here with us at Tennessee Legend Distillery. And one particular cosplayer...
1: Um, Lairis Lairis, yes Cross, who yes. I
0: believe you actually know Opie through yeah. 30 and Nerdy yeah. you guys, uh, uh, The fortunately- 30
1: and Nerdy podcast uh, a couple seasons ago had the fortune of uh, interviewing some very popular women of cosplay and uh, Lairis happened to be one of them so that's small it's a small world.
0: Very, very. And she actually immediately once I started mentioning you guys, she's like, Oh my god, really? Small I was like, Yeah world. and they if, um, he and Josh work here at Tennessee Legend Distillery and she's like, Oh my goodness, that is so crazy. And you know how much of a, a, a out there person she can be. Yes. Um She has started working on, they're actually getting ready to potentially release, I think, the fourth uh, edition of Mm -hmm. a comic that her and her husband, an original comic that her and her husband have been working on. Uh, Between the two of them and some other uh, artists as well, they Mm -hmm. have illustrated and written uh, the entire series thus far. Um, Books one, two, three, and like I said, getting ready to release four uh, for a comic called Rain. Rain.
1: Okay, yeah. That, uh,
0: from what I can tell, seems to somewhat mirror a a combination of what their life would be. Um, And some of the illustrations, some of the artwork that they use for that, especially one of the uh, main characters, Mm -hmm. has a mask that they wear. Yes. It's a very interesting look. Yeah. and she commissioned us here at Tennessee Legend Distillery to laser engrave that uh, art onto a okay. barrel head. Oh. Yeah, so we oh, that's are... That's awesome. Yeah, we Worlds are, collide. Yep. Um, it's I just fun that, that we had someone who has a, a rather large uh, social media following mm-hmm. in the world of cosplay.
1: Uh, um, she's a fantastic cosplayer. Uh, you know, and uh, the, the thing that at 30 and nerdy that the we've always highlighted is the time and the handcrafting that these a lot of these cosplayers put into this stuff is it far surpasses hours that I would say I'm awake right like it's just it's insane. I'm like, golly, oh, you ask, thousands of hours. Yeah, how many hours did
0: you put into hours. this? And they're
1: like, blah, 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 and it's like well, this how, one suit I've where, been working on for a year and a half. I barely yes. sleep, and I'll go to work, and then I come home, and I do this. I do nothing passion but of this. Mine. Yeah. yeah. So it's just it's amazing. It really is. And Laeris is talented. Uh, can't wait to to see more of this this comic book that she has uh, done. Uh, and I can't wait to. I hope I hope I'm here when they come pick up the the barrel head. Yeah. Um, For those
0: of you that may be interested, just to go ahead and give you a little bit of a forewarning, there is some not safe for work material that is included in the comics. So if you do decide to check them out on their social media platforms, uh, it would be stuff Mm -hmm. on Instagram. And she's got a bunch of links to all of her different projects and stuff on there. Uh, but, yeah, make sure and check it out. And like I said, just keep in mind there is some yeah. not safe for work stuff on there. So yes. whenever you go to, to browse, just make sure that you're yeah. not at work. Just keep that in mind. Stuff like make that. Make sure you're not so. at work.
1: Uh, what about you, Opie? I did not have any stories from work per se. But over the weekend, uh, we uh, at 30 and Thirty Podcast went to um, Atlanta uh Outside the Atlanta area and spent some time outside of Atlanta this past weekend. We saw the fantastic uh, songwriter and artist Beth Crowley. Uh, She had an album drop in Marietta this past weekend at Atlanta Hard Cider uh, Distilling Co. Really awesome place. Fantastic place. Uh, We got to meet the owner. She's amazing. Huge shout out to the whole crew. uh, Everyone who turned out for Beth Crowley. It It was a packed house. Uh, Some standing room only stuff. Um, If you've never heard of Beth Crowley, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your music, uh, give her a listen. She's fantastic, amazing writing. Uh, In my opinion, she writes better than, and and some, some people may come after me, but she writes better than Taylor Swift, but with the spirit of Amy Lee. Yeah, Six and say Those She's, are some... Yeah, for some people, it'll be, but, but listen to her. Give her a chance before you come fight me. <laughs> and her even new... if you do decide to come fight her, yeah. get ready for a scrap. Yeah, just get ready for a... You better pack a lunch because we'll be here all day. I'll uh, check out her new album. It's uh, Un- Unabridged. Fantastic album. And uh, we really enjoyed getting to meet her and hang out with her. And then we tried Shane's Rib Shack for the first time. Uh, it's on Highway 81 in McDonough, Georgia. Uh, under new ownership, a good friend of ours just bought this 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 restaurant. It's, uh, I had the loaded buffalo fries, and holy crap, mm. I was full and tired, buffalo and they were delicious, fries. delicious. Ugh, oh. oh. they're hot. They're hot, mild and hot sauce. Like just the flavor is, is better than a lot of the, the big chains. Of like wing places and rib places.
0: Well, as soon as you said ribs, the mm-hmm. the not so inner fat boy in me
1: just started going. Ah! <laughs> Fantastic stuff! Uh, if you're in the McDonough or surrounding Atlanta area, check check both those places out: Atlanta uh, Hard Cider Distilling Company and Shane's Rib Shack on Highway 81 in McDonough, Georgia. Definitely recommend. And only it was a the fun
0: weekend. And and the real ones know that you can only get to like mid mid south south carolina georgia mm-hmm. alabama once you get too far south the mm-hmm. barbecue's no good no good you get closer to that georgia line it's yeah. not as good yeah but but that mid state stuff mm-hmm. it seems like across like i said they carolina know what they're doing. georgia bama they know what that they're doing. that that's the sweet spot for mm-hmm. for barbecue and you can ten, can can ride that that transition from going more of the mustard mm-hmm. base in the carolinas getting down into more of the ketchup base mm-hmm. in georgia and then as you get a little bit over into bama you're getting more into that that kc that mm-hmm. mesquite type flavor mm-hmm. so
1: oh yeah i definitely recommend it but we have some uh some events and announcements coming up soon Yes, as a matter of fact,
0: coming up on the 26th of this month, we are going to be working with True West Campground over in uh, Middle Tennessee. They are very, very close to what you would experience in more of a Western or Frontier-type environment for camping. Um, I mean... Don't get me wrong, they do have some of the more modern amenities. While you would be staying potentially in a covered wagon, there are uh there is air conditioning, there is lights and stuff like that out there. Uh but they also provide some uh, tent only spaces. Uh plus you can also bring in uh, you know motorhomes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, But the main draw is the fact that they have quite a large number of horse stalls. Okay. So people can bring in their horses, Mm. hang out and camp for the weekend, and have got all kinds of trails along the Big South Fork Park area. Or Big South Fork Forest area. um, And several hundred miles of trails to be able to ride. and And experience something a little bit more in line with what that that frontier life would yeah. have been like in that aspect. Uh, but like I said, we're going to be having the first annual, well it hopes to be the first of many annual Whiskey Weekends. And we're going to be doing some tasting some of our different products. We've actually got some fun uh, mixes and mm-hmm. cocktails come up with. Like we're planning on doing the uh, True West Trail Tea Okay. Which is very simply just the Tennessee Legend Distillery Lemonade Moonshine mm-hmm. mixed in with some good old southern sweet tea. Uh we're also planning on doing what I had some fun coming up with today was the Doc Holiday Huckleberry Hunch Uh-oh. Punch. And if you have enough of it, it will definitely have you saying, I'll be your well, Huckleberry. I'm but that one is simply, of course, another one of our moonshines. This time we're going with blackberry Okay. mixed with the glacial cherry Gatorade. Okay. And if you wanted a little bit of a fizz, a little effervescence to it, drop you a little bit of or 7-Up into it. And it's okay. fantastic. But those, among some other ones, are some different drinks and mixes that people are going to be able to expect joining us for the Whiskey Weekend. Out at True West Campground. Uh, also, going to be plenty of food. Uh, going to be some games, and if that wasn't enough, cowboy karaoke. Cowboy
2: karaoke.
0: Don't get me wrong. You're not going to have to sing nothing but country and western songs. It's just that the guy that hosts it is a cowboy. Okay. Yeah. So no, you can you can sing some "Pour Some Sugar on Me." Okay. You can get in some some Def Leppard, some Motley Crue yeah, stuff like that. You, that. you don't have to necessarily sing just country stuff. But it is going to be uh, also one of the people out there, Cowboy Karaoke. So, yeah, uh, make sure and check out True West Campgrounds. Owner-operators Heather and mm-hmm. Tim will be out there. They're definitely planning on having a great weekend for all of those that decide to join them for that whiskey
1: weekend. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, we also have some really cool things coming up uh, outside of uh, August. We've got just around the corner we have our homecoming week. Now, this is a, a first time we've made it like an event thing. Uh, so, September 3rd is the birthday of Tennessee Legend Distillery. Mm-hmm. And this will be our eighth birthday. It is. Well, kicking off on September 3rd will be a TLD homecoming week. Now, each location is going to be celebrating in different ways. We're not all doing the same stuff. Um, so, if, you, if you've got the time and you've got the... The, the gas and you've got the energy. See how all four stores are doing it. And go to all four stores during homecoming week. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. There'll be... Uh, I know, for instance, here at the Highway 66 location, Winfield Dunn Parkway, we're going to be having homecoming week themes each day, kind of like you did in high school and middle 80s school. 80s day, day, pajama, day, pajama, day, pajama days. days. Stuff like that. Yep. And if you are hearing this and if you are in the area of the 66 store... And you find out what theme we're on, they'll all be on social media, and you come dressed in theme. Well, you're going to receive a few things. One, like an instant free shot glass. You're going to receive a discount bump. So, if you're, for instance, getting our three bottles, and normally that'd be 10% off, we're going to go ahead and bump you up to 15% off. Nice. So, you're going to get a discount bump, a free shot glass, and other prizes depending on what the theme, what the day's theme is. Uh, So, that's coming up. All four locations, like I said, are going to be celebrating different ways. So keep your eyes locked on social media to see what all we will be doing. That's the 3rd of September through the 10th, homecoming week.
0: (laughs) Just to end from the newsroom, quick disclaimer. If we do have a pajama night and you happen to sleep in nothing, make sure you change up what your pajamas are before coming in. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: As you're listening to this episode, this past weekend, I know it's over, but I wanted to mention it. Yes. Um, Which was Saturday, August 19th. uh, We had a swing dance night at our Tennessee Legend Distillery location in Cookville. Uh, They had a fun turnout. They they did free lessons at 6 p.m., free dance from... 7 to 10 p.m. when they do these swing nights. And, of course, the cocktail bar is open. And there's nothing better than booze and dancing.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can actually have a little bit more since you're burning off all the alcohol and everything else. But, yeah, they actually have multiple people that are trained swing dancers Mm -hmm. over at our Cookville location. Uh, We have current and former employees Mm -hmm. um, that enjoy coming out and being able to give you swing dance instructions and lessons and yeah most of the time whenever they have these swing dance nights they will have about an hour Mm -hmm. early in the evening so if you want to get there before a lot of people start getting in there Uh, if you're embarrassed or anything like that really don't be they make it a really comfortable environment And regardless of skill level, they're not going to make you feel awkward or out of place or anything like that. So, yeah, if you've ever wanted to learn how to swing dance, make sure and check out uh, the best way to be able to get any of that information, of course, is to follow not only that location, but of course, all of our locations on the different social media platforms. Now, there's other events they do. Absolutely. Yeah. And like I was just saying, to best stay up with any of those events, just follow them, uh Tennessee Legend Distillery Cookville, uh by searching their username at T N Legend C K V L. That's at T N L E G E N D C K V L as well as following their individual Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh Daniel Ling and the rest of the crew do a great job with the bar, the different events. So make sure and go out and enjoy one of them and tell them that we said hi. Uh, That location, if you were looking for the address, we've got you covered. It's between Knoxville and Nashville at 323 East Spring Street in Cookville. That's 323 East Spring Street down on the square, what used to be the old Maddox building, Mm -hmm. the Maddox hardware store right there on the corner in Cookville. So make sure and go check out. Any and all of the events that they have down there. Swing dance nights. They have weekly trivia nights on Paint Mondays. Sips. Paint and sips. You can go out and have some cocktails and have fun painting a, a fun picture that you'll be proud or to put up on your wall. Or maybe or even fridge. try to sell somebody. <laughs> Um, They've done, like I said, the Emo Nights. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're looking to start getting some karaoke going out there. That sounds fantastic. There's all kinds of fun things that's always happening out there at the Cookville location. So make sure and check them out. Follow them on the different social sites. And if you don't want to bother trying to type in all that stuff, again, you can always just go to the... Tennessee Legend Distillery.com homepage mm-hmm. and be able to find links to every single bit of that. Absolutely. As well as our online swag store and you can also order any of our fun spirits Absolutely. from that as well. Whether it be any of our regularly produced products or any of our licensed products that we promise we are going to we will be talking to talk about, about more yes. at some point. But if you have been in the stores, you know exactly what we're talking about. If you mm-hmm. haven't, then We're, get over here.
1: Then get to yeah. Then get to the store. Why haven't you come in yet? Absolutely. And speaking of some really awesome things we do, we have another partnership at this location. Our next door neighbors, yes, at Gatlinburg Brewing Company, uh, they have fantastic craft beers, and, and we as employees here spend a lot of our tip money getting lunch over, over there, there and for getting sure. Lunch because you can either a spend more money getting out into traffic and probably be overcharged somewhere else or we can walk next door and get Mm -hmm. a fantastic fire brick oven pizza that is just the cheese, it's kind of like in Goofy Movie when he's holding up the pizza and the cheese just Just dripping down off of it it's so good And their craft beers are fantastic, and of course their staff.
0: Yeah, not only craft beers, but craft pizzas. Mm -hmm. That's one of the only places I've been to that has a specialty, monthly Mm -hmm. specialty pizza. Um, Some of my favorites have included the barbecue pizza. Mm -hmm. They do a Reuben pizza, which is fantastic. I absolutely love it. Um, They did one last month that I didn't get to try, which I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't get to try just because I've tried pretty much all Mm -hmm. of them. And that was a uh, Cincinnati chili dog pizza.
1: Oh, kind of like Skyline Chili. Yep.
0: Okay. And then this month they have partnered with a local restaurant called Roll On In. Oh, And they are doing a crab rangoon (gasps) pizza. And they also do wings over there as well Mm. in that same brick oven.
1: Wings. Yes,
0: they are the full wings. They're not broken down into the wings and drumettes. This is the full wing, and not the mini ones. These are like the full. These wings. Yeah, baby. these are these aren't wings. Oh, these are wings. These wangs.
1: are wings for down south Ace wings, and we've got buffalo and barbecue and tons of sauces, and great salads, and uh, like I said, their staff is amazing. We love Naraya next yes. door. She works fantastically tonight. Staff not just second serve. to none. Oh, yeah. This whole building between
0: yeah. us and and. The brewery. Yeah, you're not gonna meet a friendlier bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, production staff, wait staff, mm-hmm. um, the tasting room staff over here at the distillery. The, yeah, the Just hands down you're not to gonna none. meet a And it's a uh, great, it's a great
1: tag team. Lunch and some beers over there, and then come over here and do some free sampling, and, yep. and take you home a bottle of uh, bourbon or rum or. T- Tequila, or whatever right. you like. Vice versa, pre game over yeah, here, get pre-game. you a little
0: sampling in and then go over, have you a pizza, some cocktails.
1: Well, one of the things we do is a partnership where they will age, uh, they will brew beer and age it in our old aged Kingsnake bourbon barrels. And Correct. Then we will then turn around and take that barrel that's had beer in it and, and finish aging more Kingsnake bourbon, in bourbon it. into it, yes. So it's a cool partnership. And just so you can hear a little bit more about GBC. Gatlinburg Brewing Company. We're going to step away and take a quick break between two barrels. We'll return. Craving cold craft beer and the best brick oven fire pizza in town? Check out our friend at Gatlinburg Brewing Company. With fair prices, a great staff, and carefully crafted brews, GBC is the place to be in your next visit to Sevier County. They have. 16 crafted beers on tap with delicious personal pizzas salads and more Visit either of their two locations in downtown Gatlinburg or at 870 Winfield Dunn Parkway in Sevierville Right next to Tennessee Legend Distillery When you stop in tell them you heard about them from TLD Cheers to you legends Welcome back legends Be What's the first thing you think of when I say Davy Crockett?
0: Davy, Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. The coonskin Mm cap, the long Kentucky rifle. As much as I Mm -hmm. don't want to say it because I'm not a fan, Mm -hmm. a visual mascot for the University Mm -hmm. of Tennessee. Bill uh, Bob
1: Thornton. And yeah, Billy, Billy Bob Thornton. Thornton. <laughs> That's what I think of nowadays is Billy Bob Thornton.
0: It's it's fun how, or funny how uh, certain things will remind us uh, of mm-hmm. certain other things. Yeah. Um, especially with the playlist that we have here at the store, it, it yeah. seems like every song elicits some kind of memory, and it's a different memory for different people. Mm-hmm. But some of it is yeah. the same, especially whenever it comes to cinema. Uh, TV yeah. shows, movies, stuff yeah. like that, because uh, you and I have uh, an ongoing contest at different points in time oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to where best, right, use of this song. best use of this song in, in, in cinema, yeah. in a movie, TV show, whatever the case uh, may be. So. And at Christmas
1: time, you can always see who worked at the Opry when certain songs come on. Oh, for sure. Because you'll see this look. Come over their eyes, oh, they'll gloss over and start going into like autopilot of what they were doing at the time this song was on.
0: Especially me, as a former technician, mm-hmm. a stage technician, I, I still can, can call make it out every single call yeah. for different points, especially for like Wizards in Winter from mm-hmm. TSO. Um, but getting back to the legend that we are discussing today. And as we are recording this here on August the 17th, mm-hmm. 2023 it's, it's the birthday. legend's birthday. It's yeah. Davy Crockett's birthday.
1: It's Davy Crockett's birthday. That was kismet. We did not plan we that. We did not
0: plan that. that just yeah. happened. I mean, we had talked about, okay, who's the first Tennessee legend yeah. we are going to talk about yeah outside of you know the people Myths that we work and with and, and stuff we like work that. With. And we're like, but Davy Crockett, why, why not? not? Let's do it. And then, here we are, I look up today, it's Davy Crockett's birthday.
1: That's awesome. So,
0: we're actually going to get into, uh, straight from the Wonderful World of Wiki, <laughs> the, not necessarily glossing over, we are going to kind of get into it, and yeah. as well as sharing our own personal thoughts and stuff, on the legend that is Davy, or David, David Crockett. Uh, as we said, he was born on August 17th, but in 1786 and lived all the way through March 6th of 1836. He was an American folk hero, frontiersman, soldier, and politician. Mm. He is often referred to in popular culture as, the name that uh, the song implies, the King of the Wild Frontier. He represented Tennessee in the U.S. House of Representatives and served in the Texas Revolution. Mm -hmm. Crockett grew up in East Tennessee where he gained a reputation for hunting and storytelling. He was made a colonel in the militia of Lawrence County, Tennessee, and was elected to the Tennessee State Legislature in 1821. Then in 1827, he was elected to the U.S. Congress where he vehemently opposed many of the policies of President Andrew Jackson especially the Indian Removal Act. Crockett's opposition to Jackson's policies led to his defeat in the 1831 election, but he was reelected in 1833, then narrowly lost in 1835, prompting his angry departure to Texas, the then-Mexican state of Tejas. And how did that quote go, Tyler?
1: Uh, you all can go to hell. I'm going to Texas. <laughs>
0: that sounds like a... A Texan uh, response, it is a even Texan though response. even though he is from the state of Tennessee. And then in 1836, he did take part in the Texas Revolution and died at the Battle of the Alamo, either in battle or was executed after being captured by the Mexican army. And this is something that is up for debate.
1: It is up for debate because if you watch the movie *Remember the Alamo* with where Billy Bob Thornton plays david crockett patrick wilson plays general sam houston uh he's one of the last alive Mm -hmm. in the in after the battle and he's like just standing there and they're all looking at him and his last words are i'm gonna warn you i'm a screamer And then he just shouts really loud as they plunge a bayonet into him and shoot him. All like they're like we got we got to basically execute. We got to do multiple things to keep this legend down. He lasted the night. Right. (laughs) Um, And uh, funny story, uh, I've I've been to San Antonio a a couple times now and went to where the Alamo is. And I gotta tell you, man, I was underwhelmed at first because it's like they built this massive modern city around the Alamo. So like, there's a McDonald's across the street from the Alamo. (laughs) Like I thought Remember like, the Alamo yeah. after we get some Mickey D's Yes, we we need nugs first. So I and there's this like nine and a half, ten foot bronze statue of David Crockett outside the Alamo and and both times I've been there and up at the statue I go, You see this? You're welcome, Texas. You're welcome. <laughs> if it weren't for this all all, you wouldn't be a state. Right. <laughs> um but and it's crazy because, like, when we first go to visit the Alamo, I was like, "Oh, so we're gonna have to like trudge through the desert, or take a truck, or, or, or something." Like, no, right. This it's, is it's a
0: just, this is a frontier outpost yeah. in the state of Texas. Like, no, it's just now it's
1: in the middle a, of this massive like you said, city across from McDonald's. It's just in the, this little thing, yeah. smaller than our distillery. Right. Than than this building that we're in right now, just in the middle of this big city. And this is what we were fighting to protect. <laughs> And a lot of people died doing. It. Yeah, I mean David Crockett killed a killed a bear when he was three,
0: I believe. That's that's, that's how the story goes. That's how the story
1: goes. Um I've been three before. I have nephews that have been three. I, I was still pooping and peeing I myself at three. <laughs> I don't think that he did. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think that that's a thing. I mean, <laughs> admittedly,
0: kids back in that day were maybe. a lot tougher. Yeah, maybe. But I don't think one was taking down no. a, a, a bear no. at, the, at the age of three. No. Uh, speaking of, uh, Crockett did become famous during his lifetime for his larger-than-life exploits. Popularized by stage plays and almanacs, uh, much like any American tale or tall tale, tall tale, as it were, uh, for the likes of Pecos Bill
1: and Calamity Jane. Yeah, all of those people. Johnny there Appleseed. Were, all those there people. There were some
0: the the tales, the the rumors, the telephone mm. game mm-hmm. that would have had to have been played back then. Of course, embellished. Oh yeah. Uh, a lot of the exploits that, that happened to these people. Um, one of the cinematic uh, tales that really hit on this not too long ago, uh, if you remember where dwayne Johnson the rock yes the rock uh, played hercules mm-hmm. and that story in that it was just a situation where there were multiple people that were working with him, mm-hmm. but the tales, the stories, the exploits were different were were it was all him. Mm-hmm. He was able to, to do Defeat all of these the things, all of these feats, yeah, just so it would strike fear into, mm-hmm. into any opposition. Um, but after his death, he continued to be credited with acts of mythical proportion. Yes. And these led to the 20th century, to television and film portrayals, and he became one of the best-known American folk heroes. But, to take it all the way back, going way back to mm. the beginnings of what would be come to be known as mm. the Tale of Davy Crockett, you got to go way back. And mm. the earliest known paternal ancestor was Gabriel Gustave de Crockettain, whose son, Antoine de Saussure Peronet de Crockettain, you can tell that they were yeah. of... Of French of, descent. Of French descent. ...was given a commission in the household troops under King Louis Fourteenth of France. Antoine married Louise Desailles and immigrated to Ireland yeah. with her, changing the family name just to Crockett mm. instead of Crockettain, getting away from the French and mm-hmm. adopting a little bit more of a Irish yes. surname. Their son Joseph Lewis was born and raised in Ireland, possibly being born according to local tradition, near either Castlederg or Donemana, both villages in the northwest country of Tyrone, in the west of Ulster. Joseph Lewis Crockett later married Sarah Stewart, who was also from West Ulster. She began an Ulster Scot from just outside of the village of. Manor Cunningham hmm. in the Lagan District uh, which is east of the county Donegal. Hmm. Joseph and Sarah immigrated to New York where their son William David was born in 1709. There he married Elizabeth Boulet, and then William and Elizabeth's son David was born in Pennsylvania and married Elizabeth Hedge. They were the parents of William David Jr., Robert, cool. Alexander, James, Joseph, and John, who is the father of the David Crockett that died at the Alamo.
1: Lord, he has a lineage. Quite a bit Lord. of
0: lineage, dating all the way back to what would be uh, King Louis XIV cool. of France. Good and goodness. then multiple generations from there before you actually get to what would be his parents. And then, of course, John... Mm -hmm. who is the father of David, was born in 1753 in Frederick County, Virginia. So his parents, um, what would have been uh, David and Elizabeth, Mm -hmm. um, had moved from Ireland Mm -hmm. to the U.S. Yes. And settled in Frederick County, Virginia. The family moved from Tryon County, North Carolina in 1768. And in 1776, the family moved to northeast Tennessee in the area now known as Hawkins County. John was one of the Overmountain men who fought in the Battle of Kings Mountain during the American Revolutionary War. He was away as a militia volunteer in 1777 when David and Elizabeth were killed at their home near today's Rogersville by Creeks and Chickamauga Cherokee Indians led by War Chief Dragging Canoe.
1: It's hmm. an interesting
0: name. It was a very interesting Wonder name. how you get that one. <laughs> Apart from dragging a canoe, canoe. unless <laughs> canoe's a metaphor for something. John's brother Joseph was wounded in the skirmish, and his brother James was taken prisoner and held for seventeen years. Good lord. David was born August 17th, as we mentioned earlier, 1786, and they named him after John's father, so he was named after his grandfather. Mm-hmm. And David was born in what is now known as Green County, Tennessee, at the time part of North Carolina, close to the Nolichucky River and near the community of
1: limestone. Oh, hey, hey limestone. Little yeah, you hint back to. little hint back to... The Episode Spirits one. Whiskey yep. one. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky
0: Bourbons and the Limestone John continually struggled to make ends meet And the Crockett's moved to a tract of land on Lick Creek in 1792 <laughs> John then sold that tract of land in 1794 And moved the family to Cove Creek Where he built a grist mill with partner Thomas Galbraith Then a flood destroyed the grist mill and the Crockett homestead Unfortunately, the Crockett's then moved to Mossy Creek in Jefferson County, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. but John forfeited his property in bankruptcy in 1795. The family next moved on to property owned by a Quaker named John kennedy not John Candy, but John kennedy and at Morristown in the Southwest Territory, John built a tavern on a stagecoach route.
1: Which is actually about 10... about ten or eleven houses up on Morningside Drive, where I grew up at in Morristown. That's so, fantastic. So Crockett's Tavern was was just a walking distance. It's first it's been from part me. of your childhood. Yeah. Well, yep.
0: Uh, your entire life, basically. Like we
1: we took a trip one time to elementary school, and like we're going to tr- Crockett's a trap, and they're going to show us where to where to how to make butter and what they do. I was like, C- dude, can we stop at my house? Yeah. Can you just <laughs> drop me off when we're done? <laughs>
0: That's awesome, dude. I never knew that it was literally oh, that close. Yeah. That's insane. And then, then you're hearing more about all Less of this than a stuff mile at from that my time. Mile. That, yeah. and that's what we were saying the other day during those storms, man. and the fact that you think of these different pieces, that tree,
2: yeah,
1: that tree would have been tree. there.
2: Yeah,
0: that tree would have been there. Yeah. Like Davy Crockett or any of the family any members these, that yeah. lived at that point in time, could have took a Red, nap yeah. under that tree, and now, now it's, now it's and gone. gone, just gone. Now, when David was 12 years old, his father indentured him to Jacob Siler to help with the Crockett family indebtedness. Indentured. Yeah, indentured. If you've heard that word before, it's usually because it's accompanied by the word servant. Yes. Indentured servant. Yes. Basically, his dad sold him into Into slavery to be able to pay off the family debt. Mm -hmm. Imagine if anyone did that today. Ooh. They'd be canceled in a heartbeat. He helped tend Siler's cattle as a cowboy on a 400-mile, which would be a 640-kilometer trip to near Natural Bridge in Virginia. He was well-treated and paid for his services, but after several weeks in Virginia, he decided to return home to Tennessee.
1: <laughs> this isn't year, for me. I'm going home.
0: <laughs> right.
1: I'm not about about it. <laughs> I wonder
0: if there were any uh, any of the... The cowboys were making fun of him. Probably. You didn't yeah. kill no bear in the you age of three. What are you talking about?
1: And he's probably like, I don't know where that started. Right? <laughs> I like,
0: I didn't hate. Oh, goodness. The next year, John enrolled his sons in school, but David played hooky after an altercation with a fellow okay. student that once again they're calling him out on his
1: crap. I know. Well, you didn't fight
0: no bear at the age fight of no three. Bear.
1: I might not have fought a bear, but I'll fight you right now. <laughs> Heck yeah.
0: John attempted to whip him, but was outrun by his son. So David's <laughs> had some speed to him for a while. <laughs> Maybe that's what they ought to start calling the running backs at at University of Tennessee yeah, some Crockett's. So Crockett's. Get that Crockett get speed, that crocket going speed going on. Crockett's speed. If you can outrun the Davy Crockett uh, (laughs) cosplayer that goes out and leads everybody out, then that's how you... I'll give you a spot on the team. That's how you get a spot on the team. Upon learning of this, like I said, John attempted to whip him, but is outrun by his son. David then joined a cattle drive to Front Royal, Virginia for Jesse Cheek. Upon completion of that trip, he joined teamster Adam Myers on a trip to Gerardstown, West Virginia... And in between the trips with Myers, he worked for farmer John Gray. After leaving Myers, he journeyed to Christiansburg, Virginia, where he apprenticed for the next four years with hatter Elijah Griffith. Well, the man can make hats, too. That's right. That's where a lot of these exploits are coming from, man. And maybe that's where the the coonskin cap came from. That was one of his earliest hat creations. Yeah. Then in 1802, David journeyed by foot. It says foot back in here. I mean, Footback. I know you traveled by horseback. Footback. Why would you be say you traveled by foot back? The the wonders of Wiki. He
1: walked. Yeah, in
0: 1802, David walked <laughs> to his father's tavern in Tennessee. Of course, what really makes this a yeah. lot more uh, of, of an ex- you know, uh, an exhibition or, or, or a thing is the fact that he walked from Virginia back to Tennessee. So, his father was in debt to Abraham Wilson for $36. Today, that would be close to $800. So, David was hired out to Wilson to pay off the debt. Once again, he got sold into slavery. Good Lord. Later, he wound up working off... Right? Later, he wound up working off a $40 debt to John Kennedy... And then once the debts were paid, John Crockett told his son that he was free to leave. So his dad basically said, all right, now that you've taken care of all of my debt, go do what you want. Now you can do what you want. I mean, he did skip school a lot, so... Right. He told his son that he was free to leave. David returned to the Kennedy's employment, where he stayed for four years. So the last debt that was owed to the Kennedy's he actually went back to those folks he must have and liked them worked out for a few more years mm. now we're going to get into his militia service so this is getting more into the stuff leading up to what would be the Alamo yes now at this point in time andrew jackson was appointed major general of the tennessee militia in 1802 the fort mims massacre occurred near mobile mississippi territory And on August 20th, 1813, and became a rallying cry for the Creek War. Remember, the Creeks and the Chickamaugas are Mm -hmm. a band of Indians. Yes. On September 20th, Crockett left his family and enlisted as a scout for an initial term of 90 days with Francis Jones Company of Mounted Riflemen, part of the 2nd Regiment of Volunteer Mounted Riflemen. Riflemen. And this is part of where Mm -hmm. the vols or volunteers Mm -hmm. of
1: Tennessee come from. Because there were a lot of volunteers in all the wars, pretty much.
0: Yeah. It wasn't a situation where there was a lot of people that were, yes, there would have been a lot of people drafted or Mm -hmm. or directly,
1: like
0: not fully forced into service, but... You can basically say yeah. somewhat forced into service, but the state of Tennessee also had a large number of people that just said, You am know to go fight. I'm going. <laughs> We're going to take care of business. They served under Colonel John Coffey in the war, marching south into present-day Alabama and taking an active part in the fighting. Crockett often hunted wild game for the soldiers and felt better suited to that role than killing Creek Warriors. As we mentioned before, he was very Mm -hmm. adamant. He's pro-Indian. Yeah, very pro-Indian. He was definitely not on board with Jackson's uh, Indian relocation program. And that's as we said earlier, that's why he wound up losing Mm -hmm. one of the elections is because his stance on anti-Indian. And as we've learned in recent years, whenever someone presents an ideology Mm -hmm. or, or a thought, that is, is more in line with a large populace of people than yeah. crazy stuff's going to go crazy down. Crazy stuff happens. Yeah. But the fact that he would spend more time providing rations, like going out hunting yeah. rabbit, deer, burr, Tennessee whatever else. Sasquatch. Tennessee Sasquatch, <laughs> no, Sasquatch wild, Tennessee man. wild man. Tennessee yeah. wild man. <laughs> uh, to be able to help feed and nourish the troops that he was riding alongside and he did that until December 24th Christmas Eve 1813 Uh, the war of 1812 was being waged concurrently with the Creek War so 1812 and the Creek Indian War was going on at the same time and after the treaty of Fort Jackson in August of 1814 Andrew Jackson now with the US Army at that time Wanted the British forces ousted from Spanish Florida.
1: Well, they, they caught the bloody British in the town of New Orleans. Fired their
0: guns, the British kept running. It wasn't as many as it was a while ago.
1: That's really, speaking of legend, that's a song. That's that a is another a legendary song, and we're actually in that time frame. We're yep. talking about where the song came from.
0: Yep. And if you haven't heard it in a while, make sure and go listen yeah. to it, because it's a good one. It is. And ask for the support of the Tennessee militia. Mm-hmm. Crockett re-enlisted as a third sergeant for a six-month term with the Tennessee Mounted Gunmen under Captain John Cowan on September 28, 1814. Crockett's unit saw little of the main action because they were days behind the rest of the troops and were focused mostly on foraging for food. Crockett returned home in December. He was still on a military reserve status until March 1815, so he hired a young man to fulfill the remainder of his service. At least he didn't sell him into slavery like his yeah, he dad actually done hired here. He him. actually hired someone, and said, Hey, you wanna go do this for me? Yeah. Then in eighteen seventeen, Crockett moved his family to New Acreage in Lawrence County, where he first entered public office as a commissioner, helping to configure the new county's boundaries. Hmm. On November 25th, the state legislature appointed him County Justice of the Peace. So he was the local JP Mm. for Lawrence County. And then on uh, March 27th, 1818, he was elected Lieutenant Colonel of the 57th Regiment of the Tennessee Militia. Defeating then-candidate Daniel Matthews for the position. They elected
1: their... Higher military military yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Just like and
0: since this was the militia, this wasn't like
1: you weren't paid. Yeah, you weren't like oh they work every day at a certain base. These were like if you're called up. Yep.
0: Yeah. And then he was like you're gonna lead us, buddy.
1: hmm Wow. Could you imagine being caught for like a drunken disorderly? and They say well we're gonna take him to the justice of the peace. Well who is it? David Crockett. Oh, oh man. man. I've heard about him. He barehanded a bear at the age of thirty. Yeah, come on. (laughs) What am I going to do? What am I going to do? By
0: 1819, Crockett was operating multiple businesses in the area and felt his public responsibilities were beginning to consume so much of his time and energy that he had little left for either family or business. That led him to resign from the Office of Justice of the Peace and from his position with the regiment. That wouldn't last all that long. Just a couple of years off after having fought with the Tennessee militia multiple times, sold into slavery by his parents, working off his family debts, killing bears at the age of three. 1821. Jeez. Jeez. Two years after, he's like, you know what, I've had enough, I need to chill. Mm -hmm. Two years later, he resigned his commission and successfully ran for a seat in the Tennessee General Assembly, representing Lawrence and Hickman counties. So this might have been the first of like the (coughs) districts. Districts. The beginning
1: of districts. Okay. Because I was about to say, how can he represent multiple?
0: Right. So yeah, this would have been going into the... uh, Things being broken down into districts okay. or different areas broken okay, down into yeah. districts. It was this election where Crockett honed his anecdotal oratory skills. He was appointed to the Committee of Propositions and Grievances on September 17, 1821. The Committee of Propositions and Grievances. That's so, it's it's a committee of, hey, we want to try this or, yeah.
1: this makes me mad. <laughs> My neighbor's dog keeps going on my lawn. Oh, God. Is that something that's still around? Is like there HOA's still a department? I guarantee you there's a department of grievances.
0: Wait, is that what the HOA is now? Is well, that what it started it off as? It's what it started out as, as, yeah. As the Committee of Propositions <laughs> but yeah, and I Grievances? yeah, I think
1: every every town has a, a, in like their local courthouse or whatever, has a a panel of grievances. Whether huh. it be like their fence is technically on our property or you know, they play loud so music that's now on Friday. Just what nights would be or uh civil courts. Civil so. courts, yeah.
0: Okay. That's that's actually interesting to me because I think I would probably be pretty good at s- it. Be someone who would be good to be on one of those panels, one of those <laughs> committees, someone to come up and say, We're thinking about doing no, that's not a good that's idea. That's a terrible idea. Or someone to come up and say, Well, so and so's two yep. inches of their fence is over on my property. Two inches. What are you gonna do with that two inches? Two inches. You ain't got a mow, man. That's, yeah. There you go. I mean,
1: think about it. Cool.
2: Yeah. That's, what, that's what all you, you needed. Do? You, you needed a fresh perspective. To, what's wrong?
1: You want to build a lazy river? I'm sorry. Right.
0: <laughs> now come back in tomorrow. Whenever we're hearing all the propositions. <laughs> yeah. Today's grievances. Yeah. Today's grievances. Uh. The, the that's it. This is this yeah. is the 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 launching point. The my. Your uh, Entry uh, into uh, my foray into foray. Uh, yeah. uh,
1: local, legislation local legislation and politics. Severe County. Oh,
0: goodness. He was appointed to the Committee of Propositions and Grievances on September 17, 1821, and served through the first session that ended November 17. So, two months. He was like, I'm tired of hearing people gripe. Pretty much. As well as a special session called by the governor in the summer of 1822, Ending on August twenty fourth, so he went for two months. and He's like, I can't listen to any of this. Oh my and God. then, <laughs> in the summer of the following year, the governor was like, "Dude, please come back. Yeah, please come listen to some of this stuff. Like, please I'd tell them be killing people. Tell them about the bear. Tell, tell, tell them about the bear. They'll people listen. Love the bear story. He favored legislation to ease the tax burden on the poor. So he was one of the people that were." <laughs> definitely and it makes sense I mean if you were sold into slavery multiple times in your childhood early adulthood by your own father by your own father you'd want to do something to be able to help the poor in any capacity that you can Crockett spent his entire legislative career fighting for the rights of impoverished settlers who he felt dangled on the precipice of losing title to their land due to the state's complicated system of grants So basically, he was one of the early people fighting the government red tape that they put on, and the wealthy, by the sound of it, yeah, and the the wealthy wealthy. uh, over their complicated system of grants and how they were, and how the government was giving tracts of land to people and then turning around and saying, "Well, you owe this, you owe this, you owe this," setting them up for failure. He then supported 1821 gubernatorial candidate William Carroll over Andrew Jackson's endorsed candidate Edward Ward. So him and Jackson had already been done with their beef. They were trying to go through all of that stuff directly at each other. Mm -hmm. And then each one of them had uh, candidates that they supported. And, of course, I'm sure William Carroll shared a lot of the same beliefs that... That Crockett did; otherwise, he wouldn't back him. And then, you know, of course, we know uh, how Crockett felt about a lot of the stuff that Jackson was yeah. doing, especially with a minority at yeah. that time, who well, yeah, had absolutely. already become a minority well, yeah, uh, with the just, Indians.
1: It sounds like he was just against a lot of his like hateful policies and rhetoric. He was just like, "Dude, why can't we just, you know?" He was trying
0: to go ahead and distance America from Britain even more yeah. while the people that he was going against were still trying to keep a little bit of, a little Britain, bit of that Britain in the the new country. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though this is past the Revolutionary War, oh, yeah. like well past the Revolutionary War, oh. he, they were still trying to keep part of that that. Well, British, British rule. We'll take a little Empire. bit of this.
1: We do remember that. We do know about that. We, 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 we'll keep that the part. taxes. frickin' yeah. taxes,
0: man. Ugh. Less than two weeks after Crockett's 1821 election to the General Assembly, a flood of the Tennessee River destroyed Crockett's businesses. Oh, no. In November, Elizabeth's father, Robert Patton, deeded 800 acres of his Carroll County property to... Crockett. Ooh. Crockett sold off most of the acreage to help settle his debts and moved his family to the remaining acreage on the Obion River. Crockett's a Lannister.
1: Lannister always pays his debts. Yeah. So he's even his father's He's
0: paying off yeah, the entire family's wow. debts. And then settled the his entire all of his debts. Wow before
1: yeah. Um All before he then went and paid with his life for people he didn't know. Yeah. Jeez. So Crockett sold off, like I said, most of the acreage to help settle his
0: debts and moved his family to the remaining acreage on the Obion River, which remained in Carroll County until 1825, when the boundaries were reconfigured and put it in Gibson County. Okay. In 1823, he ran against Andrew Jackson's nephew-in-law, William Edward Butler, and won a seat in the General Assembly representing the counties of Carroll, Humphreys, Perry, Henderson, and Madison. Where he served in the first session, which ran from September through the end of November. It seems like the the terms were a lot shorter back then. I love and that. And I think that would be very, would be very fantastic. Fantastic in several aspects yes. to have that now. Yeah. Because it seemed like business was getting taken care of a lot quicker then. Yeah. Because you would have, like, okay, a session started in September and then was over by got, the end of we November. we got
1: A, B, and C to do. Let's do it.
0: Yeah. Gone, it's like they it operated quarterly, in, and that's almost how the, the terms yeah. of their, their seat ran. Wow. That don't sound half bad. Right. And in the second session that ran September through the end of November 1824... Uh, so we're looking September to November, and then November again to the following, mm-hmm. uh, or September to the following November, championing the rights of impoverished farmers. So he had definitely already fully gotten mm-hmm. into more of the legislation and and fighting for the rights of this the is, impoverished people. He was a man of all people. hmm Wow. During Andrew Jackson's election to the United States Senate in 1823, Crockett, of course, backed his opponent, John Williams, Mm -hmm. for that election. And on October 25th, 1824, Crockett notified his constituents of his intention to run in the 1825 election for a seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. Unfortunately, he lost that election to the incumbent, Adam Rankin Alexander. But a chance meeting in 1826 gained him the encouragement of Memphis Mayor Marcus Brutus Winchester to try again to win a seat in Congress. The Jackson Gazette published a letter from Crockett on September 15, 1826 announcing his intention of again challenging Rankin and stating his opposition to the policies of then-President John Quincy Adams. and Secretary of State Henry Clay and to Rankin's position on the cotton tariff. Taxes. More taxes. Everybody's trying to put taxes on everything. And it's always been about taxes. And at this point in
1: time, it was on cotton. Tennessee really, even back then, ran on taxes. Yeah. We we make the joke, tourism, taxes, and fines is what the state of Tennessee runs off of.
0: Militia veteran William Arnold also entered the race, and Crockett easily defeated both political opponents for the 1827 to 1829 term. He arrived in Washington, D.C., and took up residence at Miss Ball's Boarding House, where a number of other legislators lived when Congress was in session. So they actually had kind of like a White House, but for all the members of or most of the members of Mm -hmm. what would be the the legislation at that time or congress at that time Jackson was elected as president in 1828 Crockett continued his legislative focus on settlers getting a fair deal for land titles offering uh, amendment to a bill sponsored by James Polk and in that uh, little excerpt this is from David Crockett uh, a narrative of the life of David Crockett I believe it was a wicked, unjust measure. I voted against this Indian bill, and my conscience yet tells me that I gave a good, honest vote, and one that I believe will not make me ashamed in the day of judgment. Hmm. So basically, he's like, at that point in time, he's saying, I feel good about what I'm doing. I'm trying to fight for the people who were here before we even came here. And I'm trying to fight to keep that sort of British rule, that overtaxation, yeah. from happening to my people as well as these people that we have just run off of their land. And whenever it comes down to Judgment Day, I'm standing at the pearly gates. Peter looks at me and says, what would you do with your life? I got no problems telling him exactly what yeah. I did with my life. I love that. Crockett was then re-elected for the 1829 through 1831 session, once again defeating Adam Rankin Alexander, as, like I said, he introduced H.R. 185 amendment to the land bill on January 29th, 1830, but it was defeated on May 3rd. On February 25th, 1830, he introduced a resolution to abolish the United States Military Academy at West Point, New York, Mm. because he felt that it was a public money going to benefit the sons of wealthy men. Crockett tried to get West Point knocked out because basically it was... Favoritism. Favoritism, yeah. Yeah. He spoke out against Congress giving $100,000... $100,000 A hundred thousand dollars at that point in time. Now let's do this math. Mm-hmm. If what was it? Thirty-six dollars. Yeah. Was seven like hundred, seven hundred fifty dollars. Fifty dollars then. time. Okay. So what's the difference between those two? Thirty-six dollars to seven hundred fifty dollars.
1: Seven hundred fourteen dollars.
0: Now multiply that by
1: sixty-six thousand. Forty-seven. Million one hundred and twenty four thousand. So at if this
0: were today Congress would have been giving the widow of Stephen Decatur what did you just say? Like seven hundred and fifteen million dollars. Yeah. Jeez. And he was opposed to it. He opposed Jackson's eighteen thirty Indian Removal Act and was the only member of the Tennessee delegation to vote against it. Like, all of the other Tennesseans were like, eh, yeah, let's get the Indians out of here. Crockett was like, no, bro, this
1: is their land. I like David Crockett more and more. Dang. I, then a lot of this wasn't taught in history. No, we didn't learn a lot we of this stuff. We didn't learn a lot of you this. You just,
0: one. all you heard was, David, yeah. David Crockett. Yeah, uh, he died at the King Alamo. Alamo. It's a it Tennessean. Yeah.
1: He, uh, he was a politician for a little bit. I thought Cher- he learned. Yeah.
0: And this type of stuff, I mean, it... it almost pisses you off in the fact yeah. that you don't get to learn that well, what type the of heck? stuff. This
1: is fantastic stuff.
0: Because this would this would definitely lead you down a different life path than what Yeah. That mainstream would Yeah yeah I
1: want you to go down. Cherokee Chief
0: John Ross sent him a letter on January thirteenth, eighteen thirty one, expressing his thanks for Crockett's vote his vote was not popular within his own district and he was defeated in 1831 election by william fitzgerald crockett had run against fitzgerald again in 1833 election and was returned to congress serving until 1835 okay on january 2nd 1834 he introduced the land title resolution hr 126 but it never made it as far as being debated debated on the house floor And unfortunately, he was defeated for re-election in the August 1835 election by Adam Huntsman.
1: And this is where he went, you know what? Right. I'm going to fight Santa Ana.
0: But, basically, yeah. I mean, he turns around and he's like, I can't get anything done fighting the people who are supposed to have my back as having dealt with a common enemy in the british rule yeah and here we are trying to form a new country and all of you jack offs are doing the same thing that we tried to get away from
1: yeah and that's then, where he said the hell with it yeah i'm going to help some people that and, i can help and then in this like every time he tries to do something that is
0: not copacetic that's not part of that mainstream ideology that in this aspect is still oh, it, following that full on yeah. british rule at yeah. that point in time he's canceled yeah basically i mean he got this was early cancellation i mean he got canceled yeah. from being able to take any kind of office time that he was
1: canceled for being a progressive person yeah david <laughs> yes
0: to put it wow. in today's terminology and as blunt as possible david Crockett was canceled in politics Because of his progressive and forward thinking whenever it comes to people who are impoverished and people of minorities.
2: Wow.
1: Like I said, this is not taught in high school, middle school, or elementary school. This stuff's not taught. During his last term in Congress,
0: he collaborated with Kentucky Congressman Thomas Chilton to write his autobiography, which was published by E.L. Carey, and A. Hart in 1834 as a narrative of the life of Davy-, Davy Crockett written by himself. And he went east to promote the book, and then in 1836, newspapers published the now famous quotation attributed to Crockett upon his return to his home state I told the people of my district that I would serve them as faithfully as I have done, but if not, they might go to hell, and I would go to Texas. I would go to Texas. There it is. That's the quote. I love it. Which, of course, at that point, does lead us to the Texas Revolution.
1: Santa Ana, bearing down
0: on on these, pe- these poor people in the Alamo. Yep. By December 1834, Crockett was writing to friends about moving to Texas if Jackson's chosen successor, Martin Van Buren, was elected president. The next year, he discussed with his friend Benjamin McCullough raising a company of volunteers to take to Texas in the expectation that a revolution was imminent. His departure to Texas was delayed by a court appearance in the last week of October as a co-executor of his deceased father-in-law's estate. He finally left his home near Rutherford in West Tennessee with three other men on November 1st, 1835, to explore Texas, or Texas. His youngest child, Matilda, later wrote that she distinctly remembered the last time she saw her father. He was dressed in his hunting suit, wearing a coonskin cap, and carried a fine rifle presented to him by friends in Philadelphia. He seemed very confident the morning he went away that he would soon have us all to join him in Texas. Mm -hmm. So the last memory that his youngest daughter Matilda had of him is what we all remember and see him as. Yeah. And what you get to experience. That hunting
1: uniform and
0: skin with a rifle. On game day yeah. at Neyland Stadium of Davy Crockett from his daughter's last wow. marriage. Crockett traveled with thirty well armed men to Jackson, Tennessee, where he gave a speech from the steps of the Madison County Courthouse and they arrived in Little Rock, Arkansas on November 12, 1835. The local newspapers reported that hundreds of people swarmed into town to get a look at Crockett and a group of leading citizens put on a dinner in his honor that night in the Jeffreys Hotel. Crockett spoke mainly to the subject of Texan independence as well as Washington politics. Crockett then arrived in Nacogdoches, Texas in early January 1836. Then on January 14th, he and 65 other men signed an oath before Judge John Forbes to the provisional government of Texas for six months. I have taken the oath of government and have enrolled my name as a volunteer and will set out for the Rio Grande in a few days with the volunteers from the United States. Each man was promised about 4,600 acres of land as payment on february 6 he and five other men rode into san antonio de bexar and camped just outside the town crockett arrived at the alamo mission in san antonio on february the 8th a mexican army arrived on february the 23rd led by general antonio lopez de santa anna Surprising the men garrisoned in the Alamo, and Mexican soldiers immediately initiated a siege. Santa Ana ordered his artillery to keep up a near-constant bombardment. The guns were moved closer to the Alamo each day, increasing their effectiveness. And on February 25th, 200 to 300 Mexican soldiers crossed the San Antonio River and took cover in abandoned shacks approximately 90 to 100 yards, from the Alamo walls. The soldiers intended to use the huts as cover to establish another artillery position, although many Texans assumed that they actually were launching an assault on the fort. Several men volunteered to burn the huts. To provide cover, the Alamo cannons fired grape shot at the Mexican soldiers and Crockett and his men fired rifles while others defend, other defenders reloaded extra weapons for them to use in maintaining a steady fire. The battle was over within 90 minutes, and the Mexican soldiers retreated. So those, that, that fiery, almost maybe even taking a page out of Sumner's book and yeah. his ferocity and tenacious, especially yeah. with it being militia, was able to stave off with 50-60 men was able to stave off two to three hundred soldiers during that time. Unfortunately, they were limited stores of powder and shot inside the Alamo and Alamo commander William Barrett Travis ordered the artillery to stop returning fire on February 26th so as to conserve precious ammunition crockett and his men were encouraged to keep shooting as they were unusually effective so all of that hunting and everything else that he spent doing in his earlier years foraging food and everything else definitely Mm -hmm. honed in his his shooting capabilities and being able to aim small miss small aim
1: small miss
0: small As the siege progressed, Travis sent many messages asking for reinforcements. Several messengers were sent to James Fannin, who commanded the group of Texan soldiers at Presido La Bahia in Goliad, Texas. Fannin decided that it was just too risky to reinforce the Alamo, although historian Thomas Ricks Lindley concludes that up to 50 of Fannin's men left his command to go to Bexar. These men would have reached Cibolo Creek, on the afternoon of March 3rd, 35 miles from the Alamo, where they were joined by another group of men who also planned to join the garrison. Mm -hmm. There was a skirmish between the Mexican and Texan troops at that same night outside the Alamo. Historian Walter Lord speculates that the Texans were creating a diversion to allow the courier, John Smith, to evade Mexican pickets. However, Alamo survivor... Susanna Dickinson said in 1876 that Travis sent out three men shortly after dark on March 3rd, probably a response to the arrival of Mexican reinforcements. Three men, including Crockett, were sent to find Fannin. Lindley states that Crockett and one of the other men found the force of Texans waiting along the Cibolo Creek just before midnight. They had advanced within 20 miles of the Alamo. Just before daylight on March 4th, part of the Texan force managed to break through the Mexican lines and enter the Alamo, and then a second group was driven across the prairie by Mexican cavalry. The siege ended on March 6th when the Mexican army attacked just before dawn while the defenders were sleeping. The daily artillery bombardment had been suspended perhaps a ploy to encourage the natural human reaction to a cessation of constant strain, but the garrison awakened and the final fight began. Most of the non-combatants gathered in the church sacristy for safety, and according to Dickinson, Crockett paused briefly in the chapel to say a prayer before returning to his post. The Mexican soldiers climbed up the north outlet walls, north outer walls of the Alamo complex, and most of the Texans fell back to the barracks and the chapel as previously planned. Crockett and his men, however, were too far from the barracks to take shelter, and were the last remaining group to be in the open. They defended the low wall in front of the church, using their rifles as clubs and relying on knives, as the action was too furious to allow reloading. And after a volley and a charge with bayonets, Mexican soldiers pushed the few remaining defenders, back toward the church. The battle itself of the Alamo lasted almost 90 minutes and all of the defenders were killed. Santa Anna ordered his men to take their bodies to a nearby stand of trees where they were stacked together and wood piled on top. That evening they lit a fire and burned their bodies to ashes. The ashes were left undisturbed until February of 1837 when Juan Seguin and his cavalry returned to Bexar to examine the remains. A local carpenter created a simple coffin and ashes from the funeral pyres were placed inside. The names of Travis, Crockett, and Bowie were inscribed on the lid. And the coffin is thought to have been buried in a peach tree grove, but the spot was not marked and can no longer be identified.
1: Wow. Bowie, who because of his ridiculous knife, we now have the Bowie knife. Yep. And uh, Travis was actually who, in the movie, is played by uh, Patrick Wilson, who Insidious and Phantom of the Opera and the A-Team reboot movie that they did. Uh, Houston was played by... uh, Who played Houston? Dennis Quaid played Houston Mm. in the movie. Uh, Wow, so they're saying that you can't find it today
0: yeah that the the place where the The actual ashes and the small what i'm assuming is probably about the size of a shoebox judging at the the image that's shown here yeah uh contained ashes from that funeral pyre all those bodies that were there and they were buried in a peach tree grove i don't How many peach tree groves have been in that area or any area around there that have come and gone so and nothing can be identified or anything like that. That's crazy anymore. So like I said, there is some controversy. There is. Concerning Crockett's passing. Um, was he actually part of that funeral pyre or was he captured and taken prisoner by Santa Ana? but according to this all that is certain about the fate of david crockett is that he died at the alamo on the morning of march 6 1836 at the age of 49 now there are accounts from survivors of the battle differ on the manner of crockett's death with stories ranging from crockett putting up a heroic last stand to the account that he surrendered along with several other men and was executed to further confusion historians have been able to back up opposing theories with voluminous effort, or evidence. Nice. It's an interesting word. $3 word? Right. The popular mythology of Crockett's death in American culture is one of a heroic last stand, a tale that is backed up by some historical evidence. For example, a former African-American slave named Ben who had acted as cook for one of Santa Ana's officers maintained that Crockett's body was found in the barracks surrounded by no less than 16 Mexican corpses.
1: He took them down in a final. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: With Crockett's knife buried in one of them. There is, however, historical evidence countering the popular myth with stories of Crockett's surrender and execution circulating as far back as just a few weeks after the battle. So, it seems like people on the the opposing side, on Santa Ana's side, mm-hmm. are wanting to continue that that legacy. That, that there was this legendary the, final, the legendary f- final he, battle, he and fought he, to the death. Yeah, but the people on the the home team yeah. seems like they they want to brush it away. Yeah, well, I mean maybe that's part of that whole cancellation thing, yeah. and the fact that they were trying to bury bury his legend, legend and legacies to keep future generations from trying to repeat the same thing. Wow. The counter-myth picked up historical steam when in 1955 Jesus Sanchez Garza discovered the memoirs of José Enrique de la Peña, a Mexican officer present at the Battle of the Alamo, and self-published it as La Rebellion de Texas Manuscrito Inieto... 1836 Poro no Oficio de Santa Ana. Basically, uh, the Texas Rebellion, a manuscript written, uh, the official Santa Ana manuscript. Yeah. Uh, Texas A&M University Press published the English translation in 1975 with Santa Ana in Texas, a personal narrative of the revolution. So my translation was pretty close. Pretty close. Um, the English publication caused a scandal within the United States as it asserted that Crockett did not die in battle.
1: <laughs>
0: so at the time...
1: So he may still... Like, he might have lived as a prisoner for... No, no. Uh,
0: I think what they're saying is a situation to where he may have surrendered and then was executed oh, okay. on that day as opposed to fighting it out. So the two stories are either
1: fought it out to the last breath or surrendered. surrendered in was one was of the two things anyway. happened
0: but it flipped much like politics and mm-hmm. stuff like that do repeatedly or have done oh, in the yeah. past um it, now this is a situation to where this comes out 100 years later mm-hmm. and now it's the home team saying no he was he yeah. he, he Died fighting off. He died brave. Yeah. 16 men with yeah. one, his knife buried in one of them's chest. And then the the opposing side are saying, no, nah, no, nah. nah, he surrendered. He was a little. Yeah. He was a punk. Yeah,
1: a little punk. Yeah, right. Well, it's well, crazy. We may how never that know. It,
0: it, we may never know, but. Someone, please, please, please. Finally, figure out time travel,
1: oh, gosh, and, no. and
0: not for anyone to actually be able to step out into just some way that we can to view, to view it,
1: view history. Yeah, actual history. That would be fun. It'd be like you've got this time machine, and all you do is watch history happen. Yeah, and report it. Yeah, like what really happened? Yeah, what actual happened? Yeah, our podcast is it's about time traveling. You know. Yeah. And then telling the real facts, what actually happened. Like so, for instance, did Columbus really have three ships, or did he just have one? Just like, the one we, yeah, we, we don't know.
0: So the translator of the English publication, Carmen Perry, the former librarian of the Daughters of the Republic of Texas, was Ooh. harassed with anonymous letters and intimidating phone calls by Crockett loyalists who considered the mere suggestion that Crockett had not died fighting blasphemous. <sighs> Some have questioned the validity of the text. The author and retired firefighter, William Groneman III, posited that the journals were made up of several different types of paper from several different paper manufacturers,
1: all cut down to fit. Oh. So these were not all mm. written at the same time. Yeah. Mm. Longtime
0: John Wayne enthusiast, Joseph Musso, also questioned the validity of De La Pena's diary, basing his suspicions on the timing of the diary's release and the fact that historical interest in the topic rose around the same time as Walt Disney miniseries Davy Crockett was released in 1955. Some questions were answered when, finally in 2001, archivist, david gracie published a detailed analysis of the manuscript including lab results he found among other things that the paper and ink were of a type used by the mexican army in the 1830s and the handwriting matched that on other documents in the mexican military archives that were written or signed by de la pena as for those who have questioned de la pena's ability to identify any of the Alamo defenders by name, historians believe that de la Pena likely witnessed or was told about executions of the Alamo survivors. And while some claim neither he nor his comrades would have known who those men were, others conclude that the enormous weight of evidence is in favor of the surrender execution hypothesis. To further controversy, equal evidence is available for the heroic last stand story with several survivors and first-hand witnesses to the battle claiming
1: Crockett fought to the death. We have evidence that points to either one.
0: Yeah. But, again, this is something where you're having to go off of someone's recollection, a telling of stories by mm-hmm. people who either were there but not there.
1: Mm-hmm. A friend of a friend told me.
0: Yeah, or, again, that telephone game. I
1: saw it on Facebook.
0: The legacy that we're left with today from Davy Crockett, uh, one of those things is a Crockett saying uh, which were published in Almanacs between 1835 and 1856 along with those of Daniel Boone and Kit Carson was, always be sure you're right, then go ahead. Which is kind of like a play... I don't want to say a play off of, but kind of goes in line with what the Johnson side of my family, family motto is, uh, non-quam non non-paratu, never not prepared. Never not prepared. Yes. Uh, make sure you're right, yeah. then do it. Then do it. Do all your research, make sure everything's good, make sure you are right, then do it. While serving in the United States House of Representatives, Crockett, Crockett became a Freemason... And he was entrusted uh, his Masonic apron to a friend in Tennessee before leaving for Texas, and it was inherited by the friend's descendant in Kentucky. In 1967, the U.S. Postal Service issued a five-cent stamp commemorating Davy Crockett. And we also have, of course, several namesakes after Crockett, Mm -hmm. and those are going to be several places uh, across Tennessee as well as Texas. Some including the David Crockett Birthplace State Park in Greene County. These are in Tennessee. David Crockett State Park in Lawrence County. Crockett County, Tennessee. Its county seat is Alamo. Mm -hmm. And David Crockett High School in Jonesboro, Tennessee. And then in Texas, there is a Crockett County in Texas as well. There is a Crockett, Texas in Houston County. There is a Crockett High School, which is an Austin Independent School District. Davy Crockett Lake in Fannin County, which is where he was going to meet the mm-hmm. uh, other Texan soldiers yeah. that were on their way to the Alamo. Davy Crockett Loop at the Prairie, Prairies and Piney Woods Wildlife Trail. There's Crockett Middle School in Amarillo. Davy Crockett National Forest in Angelina County. Davy Crockett School as a Dallas Independent School District Crockett Elementary School in Abilene Independent School District in Abilene, Texas which unfortunately did get closed in 2002 Crockett Street a major thoroughfare in Dan- downtown San Antonio mm-hmm. did you go down Davy Crockett mm-hmm. Street or Crockett Street I did and then Fort Crockett in Galveston County, Texas Galveston's a beautiful area too I've heard that.
1: Beautiful. Great uh,
0: beach. I was going to say, it's uh, beach as well as mm-hmm. forest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, miscellaneous. Uh, there is an M28 Davy Crockett weapons system, which is a small nuclear weapon system, the smallest developed by the U.S., yeah. which could be fired from a light vehicle or from a tripod-mounted uh, launcher. Jeez. Yeah, a a small nuclear weapon, small that can be weapon. launched from a vehicle, a a land terrain drivable a vehicle, minivan. Uh, a Humvee, minivan, <laughs> jeep, <laughs> whatever, or from a tripod mounted launcher.
1: Uh, uh. How big of a blast does this thing have? The Rock, like, the oh, movie The Rock. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. They were wanting to... Sink, like, that gas can't get out. That like gas can't yeah, get they out. Yeah, they had that launcher. Yeah. They had that the small launcher. launcher. That, was,
0: that would have been the... The Davy Crockett The M28 Davy Crockett launcher. launcher or weapon system. Uh, and then Crockett Park, north of downtown San Antonio. There are also a few monuments. One, of course, that you mentioned earlier. Uh-huh. Uh, there is also the Alamo Cenotaph in San Antonio. Uh, sculptor, Pompeo... Copini, or Chopini. Uh, west panel of the cenotaph features a Crockett statue and a statue of William B. Travis in front of uh, other Alamo defenders. There is a David Crockett statue in Ozona, Texas. The sculptor for that one is William M. McVeigh. And there is a life-size statue of Colonel David Crockett in the public square of Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. And that was made by the w m. Dean Marble Company of Columbia, and I am actually going to since you are a lot more in in touch and into uh cinema and stuff like that, I am going to turn it over to you to let everyone know about the pop culture yes. references
1: for the pop
0: Davy culture Crockett
1: references.
0: Um, Starting, I guess, with uh, television appearances. Uh, Walt Disney, stuff like that.
1: In television, obviously we have Walt Disney uh, adapted Crockett stories into a television miniseries titled Davy Crockett, which aired in 1954 and 1955 on Walt Disney's Disneyland, uh, which you can watch all of those on Disney Plus if you have that streaming device. Uh, The series popularized the images of Crockett portrayed by Fess Parker, uh, wearing a coonskin cap and originating the song The Ballad of Davy Crockett. Davy, Davy Crockett. The first three parts of the series were edited into a feature-length movie for theaters. Wow. Crockett's stories were adapted by French animation studios, Studios Animage, into a 1994 animated series titled Davy Crockett. A 2009 episode of Mythbusters tested whether Crockett could sp- split a bullet in half on a blade of a f- of an axe 40 yards, concluded that it would indeed be possible to do so. Because yeah, they were taking that
0: 50 cal, yeah. 50 cal round shot mm-hmm. bullets and at 40 yards oh. would be able to split. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure he was just firing the the bullet at yeah. an, axe, at an axe instead of throwing there an axe at, yeah at a bullet or trying to hold an axe while someone else fired mm-hmm. the no that's that's a magic trick that yeah
1: yeah yeah that's a magic trick but no
0: it was a situation where they were the the axe itself was stationary it was held in place and they were firing
2: because i remember
0: this one yeah. they were actually firing the musket round yeah at the axe head and it plain as day as soon as it hit it just split it in two and you
1: see it and he he was he's he was known of doing that kind of stuff to kind of prove you know aim small miss small yeah you know the bear story might not be a thing but but the aim small miss small i can i can do that thing yeah like it's and plus like he was known to use less ammo than everyone else he was known for hitting his targets. Way oh, efficiency. Way, his efficiency was through. And you I, and I think go, that's because he's a hunter. Yeah, you hunter. and I go
0: back to, to playing some Call of Duty, some absolutely. Black Ops. You get absolutely. the efficiency where you yeah. drop two to three people with a single round. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was doing that type he of was, stuff. Yeah, he was just Maybe ass. he shot at an axe mm-hmm. and was able to split it and kill two people, kill two once. people oh, at oh, once.
1: That's sick. Dude. So in films, he has been played by many uh, people. Um, Looking at the list, yes, yes there's a lot a of people, people here. Obviously, some of the more uh, noticeable uh, people that he has been played by. For instance, in 1960, the Alamo, played by John Wayne himself, Of course. The old Duke. Uh, and we've also got Johnny Cash played him in 1988. I didn't know that. Yes, and Davy Crockett, Rainbow and the Thunder. Huh. Uh, and well, of course, I was only yeah, seven years old at true. that time. <laughs> that's true. And, of course, uh, the one we talked about, the, the most recent movie of the Alamo, which has not been since 2004. I mean, we're almost 20 years without a movie about the Alamo. About the Alamo, the Alamo. yeah. Um, it's Billy time. Bob Thornton. Yeah. It is time. Uh, I do see one other
0: name in here of a character or an actor who has played, and this was in 1987. I would have been six years old mm-hmm. at that time. Uh, but we share the first or the same first and middle yes. name.
1: Brian Keith? Yes. Ooh. Now, another fun thing that I did not know is David Davy Crockett is also an eighteen seventy-two touring play where he was played by Frank Murdoch. And Davy Crockett the Musical, which was unfinished and never really produced. Uh, in 1938, Kurt Welly played Davy Crockett. Now, I've, I'm telling you, if there was a Davy Crockett musical, I might not be built like Davy Crockett, but God, to get to play would the King of the, play King of the Wild on, Frontier in a musical. Right. Because <laughs> like, obviously, these days, if there was a Broadway show, show produced about Davy Crockett, that famous Disney theme would be the opening song. Oh, for sure. And the closing song. The open and close. These were
0: both done well Way before, before either one of those happened. Because mm-hmm. Disney wasn't until 1955. Yeah. The closest one was the 1938 by Kurt Weill. Yeah. And uh, who, that was the one that was unfinished was writing as a musical
1: play. A musical play about Davy Crockett About in Davy Crockett. Yeah. And then the one
0: before that in 1872, I mean, of course, it would definitely be more modernized than Shakespearean. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that's what I would imagine what it would somewhat be like. Like, there was just this guy with a a, a, a mm horse-drawn wagon that had all of the stuff to be able to do
1: a touring. Because it was a a, a touring touring play. play. And he produced a play.
0: To go around all these different places and tell the story of Davy Crockett up until that time in 1872, which, I mean... I mean, that's
1: post-Lincoln. That's post-Civil War, man. Yeah. That's... So that was, uh, what would we say,
0: 1872? 1872. 1872. So, basically 30 years after he died. Wow. 36 years after he died,
1: they were doing a
0: touring show of his
1: life. Trying to keep the legend alive.
0: Right. Trying to keep that going. And, of course, like you said, I mean, we had a lot of stuff going all the way through until 2002, 2004, 2004, um, with Billy Bob Thornton, and we have not had any sort of representation of Davy Crockett
1: since then. It's time. It is. It's time for a new Davy Crockett story.
0: Maybe we do that as more of the because it's always been the Alamo it's never really been the early story it's never been the political Crockett Yeah. so I wonder if doing a story about the the political political Crockett and how he
1: was open some eyes
0: yeah I mean how he was fighting for the little guy in all aspects and trying to get away from that British rule yeah that that would make for a really good story
1: that would make for a fantastic story and
0: like you said that would be an eye opener hopefully to a lot of people who oh, blindly people, follow yeah
1: a lot of people would be like ah, that's lies that's gotta be a lie propaganda <laughs> no, that's gotta be a lie that's crazy man it is crazy Um, you got any other final thoughts on anything about this episode? the final thought that I'll say is is I learned a lot about David Crockett that I was not taught about in school and I think that's a travesty
0: very much Um, so
1: but we definitely I I think that this is going to be an enjoyable episode to have in our docket because we are are trying to keep the legend alive this way as well yeah and giving you also the stuff you probably didn't know about
0: yeah I'm Matter of fact, our our call to action for this week: mm. uh, if you are going to be hitting us up, of course, it's always tldtube23 at gmail dot com. Uh, don't forget to send us in, of course, any of your squatch experiences. Yes. We're still looking to get entries on that, or looking to get some more entries on that, so we can uh, get this swag pack given away and everything cool. else. And we def- definitely just want to hear some of your stories so we can share those if you don't mind us sharing them, but. For this one, if you're listening to this episode, uh, drop us a line and tell us something that we told you or let us know something that we've told you during this episode that you had no idea idea. about Baby Crockett. Let us know. Uh, And I think we might be able to find a coonskin cap somewhere. I think we can find a coonskin. We can go down to Cracker Barrel probably. (laughs) I wonder if that's how Cracker Barrel came to be. Davy Crockett was going around getting all the rations and, yeah. and sourcing food and stuff for yeah. the militia. So yeah. I wonder if some of the things that that he was able to harvest and some of the dishes that they came up with is, is inspiration for, for cracker, cracker Barrel. barrel. Yeah. Um, Probably. But yeah, uh, let us know if we've told you something that you did not know uh, or that was a complete shock or surprise mm. to you. To learn about Davy Crockett that that you didn't know or were not told in school, and yeah, we're gonna send you a, a coonskin cap, absolutely, and some TLD swag, uh, and and like we said earlier, um, Davy Crockett is memorialized year after year, especially during the fall mm-hmm. in Neyland Stadium, mm-hmm. uh, as being one of the original volunteers, and that that memory that final memory that Matilda had of him is is what Immortal volunteers get to see immortalized every Saturday. every Saturday. Saturday down south in Neyland Stadium mm-hmm. over in the the wonderful, wonderful city of Knoxville, Tennessee. So go vols on that and again you're welcome, Texas. Right. Uh But yeah, um, that's a little bit of a segue. uh, Just letting you guys in to make sure to check out our newest podcast, which the first episode for that will be airing this past Friday as you are listening to this. So make sure and check that out because Tyler, as a volunteer fan, Mm -hmm. definitely has has grown up Mm -hmm. seeing regularly. David Crockett. David Crockett leading out. With the Tennessee State flag, correct?: Yes, um, out of the base of the power T, mm-hmm. leading, leading the volunteers the, of the power T uh, as, they, as they prepare for battle, mm-hmm. and since I, as a gamecock, may be coming to that game, I don't know yet, I haven't mm. gotten that figured out yet. Uh, we'll be able to experience that as well, and I think that'll probably be the first. UT South Carolina game that I have been to in more than eight or nine years. And it'll be the last one for a while? Possibility,
1: (laughs) Possibility I don't know. (laughs) Possibility that it'll be the last one for a while.
0: Uh, Depends, because the last one I went to, South Carolina beat Tennessee. Okay. So if we have a repeat of what happened last year or anywhere somewhat resembling, Mm then it would be a great day for me. Be uh, Just however, a game would be nice. Right,
1: that's true. But after that's this true. year, we might not even play each other for another However many four years. years or and whatever. that's
0: something that we'll get into on this next episode of the Cocky Top Podcast, uh, which is another podcast that Opie and myself
1: do. Legends, to stu- Legends as,
0: Studios. Yep, as part of the Legends Studios group. Uh, which also includes the 30 and Nerdy podcast, which is about all things enveloping in the world of nerddom, mm. including wrestling, comics, movies, mm-hmm. I- anything that you can nerd out about, it's pretty much covered on yes. that podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, except sports, we're saving that for Cocky yes. Top, and then of course, Legends of All kinds will get mentioned on, or covered in at length mm-hmm. on this show. Between Two Barrels. On the Between Two Barrels podcast. Um, as always, guys, do not forget to check us out, TennesseeLegend.com. uh There you'll be able to find the links to all of our individual locations for Tennessee Legend Distillery. You can also find all of the different social media sites. If you don't like or follow all of them, like I said, we are trying to get to a point where we've got those all consolidated. Mm. So if you don't want to like all of them, at least make sure to like and follow our Newport Highway page right now. We are still trying to reach that 10,000 followers on that page. And once we do, we are giving away that two-night stay at the Margaritaville Island Hotel there on the island in Pigeon Forge. great spot to be able to have plenty of to do right there in the island. But if that wasn't enough, we're also going to be throwing in a TLD swag pack. As well as a gift certificate. So you're going to get some t-shirts, glassware. We're going to throw in a gift certificate for you to be able to grab a couple of bottles to take home with you. After, of course, you have come in and done a sampling with us here Mm -hmm. at the distillery in our tasting room. And we're going to be getting some uh, prize pack from next door Mm -hmm. from the folks at Gatlinburg Brewing Company. So it's a really great prize package. Don't forget to like, if you're only going to like one, make sure it's the Newport Highway location. But we'd prefer for you to go ahead and like and follow all of them. And not only the Tennessee Legend Distillery, but make sure and go check out that 30 and Nerdy podcast. Or better yet, go to Legend Studios. Like and follow us there. Mm -hmm. And that will give you access to not only the Legend Studios Mm -hmm. uh, main page, but Mm -hmm. you'll also be able to access 30 and Nerdy, Between Two Barrels, and the Cocky Top podcast. Well, guys, and then, of course, if uh, you want to send us in anything, anything that we've asked as far as the wild man stories or Sasquatch stories, uh, what you may have learned from this episode that you didn't know about Davy Crockett, make sure and email us. Or you can message us through Legend Studios, but email us at tldtube23 at gmail.com. We do have a couple of new products that are going to be coming Mm -hmm. out this year Uh, one of them is a licensed product Uh, we did get to try it a couple of weeks ago it is fantastic it is going to be a fantastic mixer once that does get released we are going to let you know about it Uh, But we are also planning on releasing a new dairy liqueur Mm -hmm. uh, that will be coming up very, very soon. And that is going to be a pumpkin spice Mm -hmm. cream. We're not going to give you an exact date on it just yet because we haven't gotten that information. But once we do, we are definitely going to make sure and get that out to you. But, guys, that's going to wrap it up this week for us for the Between Two Barrels podcast. Again, make sure... Like and follow us on the different social accounts. Email us at tldtube23 at gmail.com. And as always, cheers to you legends. Folks, once again, we'd like to thank you for joining us for another episode of Between Two Barrels. And if you aren't getting enough of that legendary content, make sure and head on over to tennesseelegend.com, where you can find links to all of our different locations, as well as all of our different social media sites and our online swag shop. And until next time, stay legendary.